Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here by my fantastic co-host, Tara Lee Weathers. Hi, Tara Lee. Hi, coming to you. I'm still in Nicaragua. (laughs) Still hanging out in the jungle. Yes. Um, Well, so for everybody, let's get really present and in this present moment, which is actually a subject that we talk about in this podcast with Rob Tampa. So if you want to put your hands on your heart, if it's available to you and it is safe to do so, and close your eyes and feel the heartbeat under your palms your own unique rhythm section. And we're going to take three deep breaths together. So take a deep breath in and exhale out your mouth. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. And exhale. And may you be fully present for the next hour or so as you listen to this podcast so it can have a huge positive impact on your life. And so it is. And so it is. Well, I am super excited for everybody to get to hear the interview portion of this podcast because we are joined by one of my best friends, Mr. Rob Kampa, who is in the band Dopapod. And he also does some solo acoustic stuff and he has the voice of an angel. Like, it's so whenever he sings, it's just so like, I think it's because he is so present and it's like channel. He's a clear channel of stuff and it comes out through his voice and it comes through his guitar playing. And, and it feels like just watching him is this like incredible, like lesson in presence. And I didn't know a lot of what he was actually feeling and doing until he shared it with us in this interview. But like, that makes sense of why I feel the way that I do watching him as a performer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really cool to I feel like this was like life lessons from Rob, and not in a way of like a preachy, you know, this is what you need to do to live a good life. But like, just by talking about where he is and his life and some of the ways that he's growing and and the things that he does to help himself show up in the best way possible to play music and also just to be in life. Yeah. And a lot, what was so interesting is that a lot of these things, I don't think he realized that he was doing. And so he was realizing Mm -hmm. real time. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of the stuff is things that he never put to words and has never said before. So you were having a very like special exclusive inside look at Rob's head. Mm -hmm. We're going to be so inspired and also like learn so much. And there's so many tools that he shared that you can Mm -hmm. apply to your own life. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely uh, an episode thick of self-discovery and also really resources that are applicable to everybody. So can't wait for you to hear all about it. Woo, you're all in for a treat. So let's get to it. We are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and we will be right back with Rob. And we're back, and we've got Rob here with us, even though we are all over the world right now. (laughs) Rob's coming to us from Vermont, and Leah's in California, and I'm in Nicaragua. Uh, But hey, Rob, how are you? 
hey, I'm good. I'm staying at home, enjoying Vermont. The weather's getting better slowly but surely. Probably not as good as where you are, but we're getting there, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely really hot. So I'll send some of the extra hot vibes from here to you, and then it would be the perfect temperature. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> so what is something that you're just really excited about right now when it comes to music stuff? Uh, you know, today I was just thinking about this cause I was like practicing, you know, before we did this and, um, I've sort of like been on a new kick where I'm really okay with like sounding bad, which is the only way that a musician can ever evolve or learn new things or like change and stay excited. So I was just doing this thing upstairs. First off, I've been writing every morning, which is very rare for me. I'm not really uh, the most disciplined songwriter in the world, but I've been like every morning I'll get up and write. And that's like the whole thing with writing. It's not to like write music that sounds good. It's to not care whether or not it sounds good so that you write a lot and then some of it will sound good and you'll keep it, you know? And I felt it kind of bleed over into guitar world too. So I was doing this thing where... I was playing over like songs. I already know how to improvise over, you know, there's these chord sequences where you got to like each chord is its own little kind of like has its own set of notes that work over that chord. And then it could be totally different the next chord. And usually I'll move all over the guitar to where my hands know those notes work with whatever chords under it. And I've been doing this thing where I make myself stay in the same like four frets. I can't move. So I don't have any of my tricks, you know, like I can't, I can't do any of my familiar safe stuff. <laughs> uh, and that was really, I'm having fun with it, you know? Um, and I'll, rec I, I'll record when I practice, but I'll wait a few days to listen to it so that I'm less judgmental, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I feel like I might just be getting out of a kind of complacent phase and I'm excited and okay with sounding bad if it means finding new things and that's what i'm excited about right now what inspired you to play in that way even with the kind of daily writing um well i guess i think that playing that way was inspired by the writing and just like seeing kind of just real results of uh you sit down and you write a bunch of stuff that ends up being like pretty useless. Maybe in two years, it'll be totally useful. Mm -hmm. That's why you record everything. But, um, but seeing firsthand the payoff of being okay with that is that maybe you get one song that you're really proud of or excited about and it's worth it. And so I think that same enthusiasm and, and just kind of like I I'm feeling it when I'm just goofing around on a guitar and improvising too. So, but, but then even further back than that, why I got inspired to write is, and I got to do this more, is that I, uh, I had a solo gig coming up, just acoustic guitar and singing songs. I was opening for my friends, Jim Cotta, another band that mm -hmm. my band tour with years ago, and I haven't seen them in a long time. The gig happened the other night, but it was, it was really fun. But I like solo acoustic gigs because it's a very, very, um, it, it presents a very um, realistic goal 
where anytime I have a solo gig, I can be like, I'm going to write a new song for this. Cause it's a pretty realistic goal. It's not like you got to rehearse five other people and show it to them or anything. Mm-hmm. It can be on my terms. I can write a song and chip away at it every morning. Maybe it's not perfect, but if I decide I still want to play it, I can. Mm-hmm. It's just me. So I think that incentive um, to like, I want to have one new song at this gig really like made me like start waking up every morning and writing some music. And I also kind of discovered that I have one sitting over here that if when I'm in writing mode, if, if I stick to an acoustic guitar, when I do that, I don't get distracted with like noodling and trying to be good at, you know what I mean? I I don't like play like a lot of notes and goof around. Mm -hmm. There's just like, can't really, at least me personally, I can't really do anything on an acoustic guitar, but write songs and like strum chords, like, cause it's harder to play than electric guitar. It's, it's kind of more physically demanding. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's less distractions when I'm holding an acoustic guitar. There's just nothing but song, you know? So all those things kind of led me well, just over the course of like a week or something. I've just felt like totally reinvigorated, you know, that's been nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, like, like for people that are creative when they're just kind of feeling stuck you just gave like a lot of really amazing tips and tricks for people to do. Like one of them is like you created a deadline for yourself. Like by this show, I'm going to learn another song. And that yeah. is something that is really important. Otherwise, if, if it's just like this could happen whenever, like if you have a goal and you don't set a time when you want to get it done, it's almost impossible to do it. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, that can be tricky about creativity is that the solution to complacency is probably going to be different every single time, you know? So it's not like, well, last time I was feeling complacent, this is what got me out of it. So I'll just do that again because that very thing, like you're complacent about repetition and doing things you've already done. So trying the same old thing isn't going to work. So the next time this happens to me, there's probably going to be some other totally different solution, you know? And I kind of just need to embrace that. Um, the last time I felt this way and what kind of got me out of it where I started writing songs, and this has actually worked more than once, is I feel like it's easier to write songs when you're writing them for somebody else. Like, I don't mean like like ghostwriting for some other artist. I mean, when like you're writing a song as like a present for somebody you care about, mm-hmm. it's just, it's pretty pure and you're just doing it to make somebody happy. Um, and you're not really worried about like the bigger picture of like, well, once it's done, I'm going to record it and then I'm going to put it on Spotify and then I got to teach to my band. And then we got to, you're not really worried about any of that. It's, it's like a kid that's just like making a piece of like macaroni and glue art for their mom and dad. You know, that's the only point. That's the point. You know, you just want to give them something and (laughs) say, I love you with it, you know? So that's helped me in the past too. Yeah. Who's the last person you wrote a song for? The last person I wrote a song for was my wife, Kari, who just texted Woo! me. And, <laughs> literally the second I said her name. <laughs> and, uh, ah, magic. <laughs> I wrote her a song when I proposed to her uh, uh, because I couldn't figure out her ring size. So and I wrote a song that was like, Basically, the plot of the song was like, look, I, don't, I know this is awkward. I'm sorry, but I, I need to know your ring size. 
which was like the proposal bundled up into it, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just a funny kind of song. And yeah, that was the last time I did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you wrote that and then you sang it to her as you were proposing to her as well. Is that, that kind of how that went? That's how it went. I didn't go anything like how I pictured in my head it was going to go. Cause for some reason I decided I was going to do it at like seven 30 in the morning mm. <laughs> and she didn't, she didn't like that. I couldn't get her out of bed. You know? <laughs> she wasn't cooperating with it, huh? Yeah. But, but it all worked out It made for a better story too. You know, when did you guys get engaged? Uh, last summer, you know, I don't even remember the date, but I know that's okay because she definitely doesn't remember. <laughs> She won't remember any of that stuff. And I usually do. So I'm sure she'll forgive me for not remembering exactly when. Yeah. Well, the proposal uh, date isn't, isn't that important in the whole thing. Yeah. It was like August or September. I know that much. Yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Yay. Speaking of committed relationships, you and your bandmates in Dopapod have been playing together for a really long time. What are some of the ways that you guys use to kind of enhance your relationship or build your relationship or just like get along with each other after so long together or on the road? I always like have fond memories of this is we used to, and I kind of feel like there's technology has found a way around this at this point, but this would be around like 2012 or something. We would sometimes all watch a movie together and we would like, Somebody would have the actual movie and we would figure out a way to like put it on like a a thumb drive and have everybody put it on their computers. And then we would do a countdown. (laughs) Everybody would press play at the same time. So we would all watch the movie on our own, like laptops or whatever, but at the same exact time. (laughs) And then if, if we ever, if we had to like stop for gas or like go to the bathroom, we would all have to pause at the same time too. That was really fun. I was like that. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. And then, so that's like, you know, you have this brotherhood and you're like watching movies in sync with each other. So how does that translate with your brotherhood in the band to your brotherhood on stage? I've never had to think about this before, so it might take me a minute. Um, I think, in, you know, musically, I'm sure it translates because music, just like in social situations, is like, having empathy for one another so it's almost like um just as much as like people who've played music together for a long time like they know each other's habits and they know what each other are capable of but you're also aware of each other's like limitations a little bit so that you can accommodate people or push them because you know where the line is and you can you can sort of like you know throw the ball a little farther than they think they can jump to catch it, but you know, they can do it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I feel like, like I've become a much better musician because of that, because of the, my bandmates doing that for me. Um, so I feel like that translates is that sort of like empathy in a musical situation of like you're actually thinking about your bandmates more than you're thinking of yourself on a really good night that's what probably will happen especially in a band that improvises a band that just plays a rehearsed set they probably don't have to think about that at all mm-hmm. um they probably do but more in, in a much different way than we do they probably think of it over the whole course of writing songs and recording them and then going out and playing them or something i don't mm-hmm. know i'm not in that kind of 
<laughs> so, but I feel like it translates in that way. And honest to God, sometimes when you're not getting along, which is just a day-to-day thing, you know, like some days, like people are in bad moods or something. Sometimes we would play even better because of that, because you don't have to talk to each other when you're playing. So all of the shit from the rest of the day goes away, you know? And you might kind of remind yourself, like, even though you had a hard day or someone was in a bad mood or you were in a bad mood, you get on stage and play a great show and you're like, it's all worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any kind of ways that you, like, intentionally leave the day behind when you step on stage, either as a band or as as an individual yourself? At at this point, I I meditate before almost every show. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Yeah, that I mean that's major. I'll meditate or I'll take like a like 20 minute half hour nap, never more than that because then I'll then I feel like it'll just make me even sleepier. Mm-hmm. Um and that sort of just clears the palate. And just like sitting and breathing and just like you know, all the things that you're worried about with the show like, oh, do I remember this? All this stuff tends to like bubble up before a show, especially one that you're a little nervous about which could be for a lot of different reasons, but all the things that you're nervous about, they'll bubble up and, and you just, I'll just give myself permission to just not worry about any of that stuff for 20 minutes, you Mm -hmm. know? And, you know, I feel like when I sit down to begin to meditate, I'll have like a reason why I'm meditating. Like, I'll be like, well, if I meditate, I'll play a better show. And by the end of meditating, that's not the reason I did it at all. It's like good show, bad show, whatever. What does that even mean? I just want to be there because especially now, because we all know as musicians and just human beings, we've all lost that for like two years. Mm -hmm. We know what it feels like to not have it. So anytime I get to do that again, I want to be as there as possible, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's really the point. Just if I'm going to like do that, whatever ritual is going to be good for me leading up to the show, it's all the entire goal of it is just to like be as there and present and enjoy it as much as I possibly can. It doesn't even really have anything to do with the quality of the show at that point. Forget about the day before, forget about the things that haven't even happened yet that I'm worried about. Cause those aren't even real. They haven't even happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forget about, you know, everything on either side of the present past side of it, future side of it. And just, just go. So that usually helps the most for me. Yeah. 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 Has, is meditation something that you've been doing for a while? You know, our podcast is all about like health and wellness and, and live music and the intersection and, you know, meditation is definitely a a great practice for health and wellness. So. Yeah. Uh, Not too long about like a little over a year I've been into it, you know? Um. Is it something you just decided to try on your own or did you like read a book or learn from a teacher? How did you get into it? Um, I didn't learn from a teacher. I, I got an app. I got this headspace app, Mm -hmm. which I think it was now I, I like, I feel pretty like I, after using that app for a while, I'll sort of, I'll meditate without the app at all, but I still go through the same order of 
kind of things that happen in, in a session in the app, just kind of in my mind, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but some, sometimes I still like, feel like the app is useful, you know, it's cause they always have these little, like, sort of like speeches in the beginning of just like some things to like, kind of keep in mind or just sort of consider mm-hmm. that I never would have thought of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I'll just, you know, I'll just sit. I won't use the app at all. Maybe I'll set a timer or something, but, um, uh, our keyboardist Eli is, is into the meditation thing too. I think he's, who told me to get the app and our drummer, Neil, he actually years ago, he went on like a, a 10 day meditation retreat, uh, uh, Vipassana mm-hmm. and yeah. And then Eli, our keyboard player, he did it too. They, they, they talked me into going to it as well, but I only made it three days. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, uh, I had only been meditating for maybe six months at that point. And you, you know, like for at most like half an hour a day. And then all of a sudden it's like literally 12 hours a day of meditating. I, I it was just, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. So I, I did three days of it and then I kind of, they tell you you're not allowed to leave, but, but they're fine with it. You know? Yeah. Did you just um, like tap so out? I, you're like, I'm, I'm done. I, gotta go. I, I just wrote a song about this actually. Um, but, uh, I left in like the middle of the night because I thought that it, I like, wasn't allowed to leave. I had signed Did you have a getaway car come and pick you up? <laughs> no, I had my car there okay. and, um, it's really funny because I just, I hadn't even talked to anybody in three days. You know, it, it really does do a number on your brain, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like, what happens if I leave? You know, like they were all like, don't cross these lines. You're not trust us. It's not worth it. <laughs> so I like waited until like lights out. And I like, I like went so far as to like flush the toilet <laughs> while I zipped up my bag. So they couldn't hear the sound of the zipper. and i even thought about like going through the window you know like and i was like no that's crazy um and then i just like i just walked out the door and went to my car and left and i within like half an hour of leaving i just got a call from them being like are you okay and i was like this is too much for me i I gotta go and they're like oh i mean you could have left you could just something to us i'm fine i was like oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) so anyways i guess that's all besides the point i've been meditating for about a year and a half that was kind of me maybe biting off a little more than i could chew at that point Mm -hmm. but i still i still gain some wisdom from it i think you know yeah that that you're allowed to leave any situation (laughs) we would be a good lesson (laughs) yeah like like i mean i was like i can't keep any but like that's that's like kidnapping or something (laughs) isn't it like you know, yeah, there's, yeah, I think they're strongly advising you stay the whole time. I'm pretty sure that's what's going yeah. on. Like there's some situations in life that you feel like you can't leave and you're just kind of stuck in and that's just how life is going to be forever, but actually you can leave. So that was probably a big lesson in that, but like you're not stuck in anything. That, and then just a lesson in like, man, do you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, know where your limit is and honor that. You know, it sounds like you pushed yourself just to be there. And then after three days, you're like, this is it. (laughs) I need to. Well, 
Yeah, I, I was when I left too. I was like a little like um, I had to take a couple of days to figure out how to because nobody even knew I. Everybody thought I was gone at this thing, so I could mm. completely just not even. Everybody would have just nobody would have gotten in touch with me. They all thought I was at this thing. Mm-hmm. So I just like took a couple of days and I was like, man, how am I going to tell my bandmates that I like couldn't do it? Cause they did the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought they'd be like really disappointed in me or something. And they were like, honestly, we're amazed you won at all. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very unlike you. We're surprised you were even that open-minded. So that's great. And I was like, all right, success. Cool. I'll call that a success. You know? Yeah. 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 Have you noticed that meditating before your shows has made a difference in your ability to be fully present or your playing or in any way? Do you mean, do you mean just in terms of the show? Yeah. Like, like adding yeah. in, cause it sounds like it's just really been a year since you've been doing that. And I, you know, it probably hasn't been yeah. as much music as you were playing before, but you know, the uh, difference between. At this point, we're, at this point, we're back yeah. at, full steam you know um i think it's made a huge difference i don't know about the quality of music i just don't really think about that you know that's not really the point um i just feel like i enjoy it a lot more and i feel like um i i have a way more profound sense of gratitude when i'm on stage um, instead of kind of being like, oh, I'm tired. Uh, you know, I wish there was more people here, you know, stuff like that. It just kind of, and that could also come with just getting older too. It's just, I feel like my priorities are in an order more in an order that I would like them to be in. And I feel like my motivation for being on stage and playing music is in a much healthier place. Um, it might affect the playing too, but I, I don't really have time to even think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's good that I don't overthink that. I think that's one of the results of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing your meditation experience. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yeah. What is it like? Cause I know that you sit in with a lot of different bands. Like what is the, Difference because you said you know when you're playing with your band you kind of really all know each other. So what yeah. what happens when you're sitting in with a band that you don't know at all? I mean, it depends, you know, because uh, you'll play a little differently depending on who you're playing with. So it probably starts off. I'll start off pretty safe, you know. Um, I mean, I it it could also go one of two ways where I learn something beforehand and show up prepared or sometimes like a band, it, they don't want to do that. They're just like, eh, we'll just bring you up for like a groove or something, you know? Um, so when it's that kind of a situation where I don't know the other players, like, I mean, if I have time before I'll, I'll check them out on Spotify or YouTube and sort of get a sense of what I'm walking into, you know? Um, but if I don't have time to do that, I just, I'll hardly play at all for a while in the sit-in. I'll just like really be conservative. Um, and I, I tend to like give them a heads up because I really don't want to be the kind of sit-inner who, um, is just waiting to show off, 
you know? So, um, I'll usually at sound checker, I'll, I'll give them like, you know, I really usually appreciate if, if you just give me a look when it's my turn to like kind of take center stage so that I don't assume incorrectly that it's my turn to do that. You know, um, I'll try to kind of like, uh, establish that, you know? Um, and there's musical things you can do to like, sort of like get your footing and not step on anybody's toes. Like just like you can pick notes that are a little ambiguous where it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, um, it doesn't matter. Like, like if, if, if maybe, maybe I can't hear them too well. Cause sometimes when you're sitting in, you don't get a monitor or anything and they can all hear each other. And you're just sort of like, you're almost hearing what the audience's speakers are, but from behind them, mm-hmm. you know? So in that case, maybe I can't, maybe I can tell they're in the key of C, but I can't really tell if it's C major or C minor. There's notes that I can pick that would work in either one. They have some ambiguity. So I would stick to those notes until I get a better footing of what exactly is going on, you know? Yeah. So you really like take the time to get like in real time to get to know them. So you know how to play with them, but it's like happening in front of our eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've never, and I've never had it go disastrously ever, you know, especially like if you're improvising, like, I mean, there is no right or wrong, you know? So, so it's not like, oh, he made a mistake, you know, it's, mm-hmm. they're, they're really kind of to a certain point, at least there isn't such a thing. So, um, so in those scenarios, it's, I mean, there, there's safety in the danger of it, you know, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And the fact that it has never gone disastrously wrong helps you to know that, you know, build your confidence that it's always going to be okay. Yeah. And even if it did go disastrously wrong, like we're all going to walk away from it. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. It's not actually disastrously wrong, you know. (laughs) It might feel that way to your ego, but (laughs) it sounds like yours is not really Uh, feeling that way. So that's good. Yeah. It could be scary to other people, though. Mm-hmm. I still feel those feelings, too. I have. Um, um, later this summer, I'm going to do like some shows with a bunch of musicians that I haven't really played with much. I'm playing with DJ Logic and John Medeski and a couple of my friends from Lotus. And I'm dealing with nervousness leading up to that. Mm-hmm. Little bits of it. Uh, so it's, I'm not, I'm not exempt from it at all. You know, I, maybe I, maybe I have enough experience and, and tools to manage that nervousness. Um, but it's still there. It's just the same as anybody else, you know? Mm -hmm. So what are some of those tools that you're using for your nervousness? Uh, having a sense of humor about it. Uh, meditating. I've also done gigs with DJ Logic before, and I know that I remember a few years ago, I, I did a show with them and for like a week leading up to it, I was trying to get in touch with him. I was like, what do I need to learn? Like, tell me what songs we're playing at this gig. And he finally called me and he was like, hey, man, there's no songs. We're just going to groove. So I think it's going to be like that again. And I'm like, well, I can do that. Like, that's not show up prepared. 
<laughs> I've been doing that my whole life. You know, <laughs> I got it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And when are these shows or show? Is it multiple shows? Uh, that's June 3rd and 4th in Massachusetts and Connecticut. The other one, too, is when I uh, sort of like a reminder to myself. Sometimes you get nervous in historically, I've gotten nervous when I'm playing with people who I look up to or people who I've been listening to since I was like really young. Um, and I think a lot of that nervousness comes from you want to do a good job so that maybe you'll impress them and you'll get to play with them again. Mm -hmm. And I catch myself thinking that. And then my reminder to myself is like, you, you're already doing the thing you hope to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You're already playing on stage with them, you know? (laughs) So you're already there. (laughs) Yeah. Relax. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it right now. Instead of, like preparing for the next time. Yeah. Just have fun and enjoy it. And, you know? Yeah. And also a reminder yeah. that they obviously wanted you to play with them or they wouldn't have asked you the first time. Yeah. You know, of course you want to do good. We always want to do a good job. I want to do, I want to do a good job when I play with the same three guys I've been playing with since 2008, mm-hmm. even more than anybody else, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should want to do a good job, you know. Um, I think it's a little ironic that a lot of times, at least in the kind of music I play, you do the best job if you're not worried about doing a good job, though. You know, so it's sort of like the solution. The solution to that is counterintuitive, you know. Yeah. Uh, But it's really about working with your thoughts, which meditation is so helpful for. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense that that practice has has really helped you. Yeah, and yeah, because we all—I mean, our heads try to, our minds try to tell us all of these crazy things that could detour us from really being fully yeah. present and just there for the experience and doing what you're there to do. What you know, anybody knows that they yeah. can pull out of themselves or you know connect with inside themselves, but it can. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that just uh, came up in my mind that I think about a lot, and I know a lot of other musicians who think about this too, is that when you're nervous, it's you're really just excited. Mm -hmm. It's the same same feeling disguised a little bit. So if I'm nervous, that's probably a good thing, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, and. And, and acknowledging any feelings that I have about like really just in life, this is music aside, just in my day-to-day life, the acknowledgement of emotions, like lets you get past them. Mm-hmm. So, because instead of being like, I feel this way and I need to figure out how to not feel this way, then you're, you're automatically not getting past that emotion. You're still stuck on it. Yes. You know? So, um, on a musical level, if I'm like, man, I'm a little nervous, like just saying that to myself, even like out loud kind of to myself, like it's kind of good for me. Mm-hmm. Is that I can be like, yeah, you are a little nervous, but that's because you're excited and you're about to have a great time. You know, I've actually had some shows where they didn't go well because I wasn't nervous. Mm-hmm. Like I was complacent or something. Like I was just like, whatever, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? So, Yeah. 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 It's like by doing that, you, you take it out, you name it to take it out of yourself 
So it's not so scary. It's just like a thing. Yeah. You're a human. You get nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Terry, what's that sweet dreams book under your microphone? What's that? Oh, it's actually a deck of cards. And it has little like affirmations or messages for you. And you read a card before you go to sleep. Really? Yeah. Do you feel like it affects your, what dreams you have at all? I think so because it'll like have an intention and I just kind of close my eyes and like think about it. And then I ask for insights in my sleep and I get them a lot of times. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I used to have really bad nightmares when I was a kid at, you know, I had trouble sleeping and stuff and I kind of, a solution to it that I started finding was if I told myself, I don't want to dream about this tonight, then I wouldn't, mm. you know, like if I watched a scary movie or something. And then before I went to bed, if I was just like, I don't want to dream about that tonight, then I, it wouldn't happen for some reason, mm. you know? Yeah. Our thoughts are really powerful. And that by setting an intention like that and you know, you're doing, we're tying it back to your music, but it sounds like you do that with the show too. It's just like, I just want to be present in this show and that's like what I want to happen. And then that's what you are. Yeah. And I even, um, circling back to the meditation thing as like a little kid who would like have trouble sleeping and I would like have bad dreams or just not be able to fall asleep at all from like watching a scary movie or being, you know, just kid stuff. Uh, I sort of like, I think I kind of, without even labeling it as anything was probably meditating to help me fall asleep as a kid because I would, I started doing like something every night. I mean, I was really young when I did this, but I would, um, develop this sort of like routine I would do in my head every night to help me fall asleep where I would like, this sounds totally ridiculous now, but I was a little kid so I can get away with it. I would like sort of like imagine my brain as having like a fortress around it with like little soldiers and army men to protect me from negative thoughts mm. and help me fall asleep. And I would like go through a whole routine of them, like building ramparts and all these like barricades and everything. And then once I felt safe, I would like start to fall asleep. Mm. I feel like that's kind of like a little kid's version of meditating who doesn't actually know what meditation is, you know? Oh my gosh, that I love this story so much. <laughs> I yep. can picture a little Rob in bed doing this. It's so cute. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if I've ever even told anybody that before. And I mean, kids meditate all the time. They were taught to count sheep. That's like a form of meditation. Yeah. It's like counting your breasts when you meditate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Staying in the present moment. Yeah. And I love that. So yeah. you just came up with that on your own. You were like, I have to figure out a way to get to sleep and not have these bad dreams. And I'm going to create yeah. a fortress and have these men that are going to protect me. That's awesome. It's like guided imagery too. Yeah. 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 That's pretty wild. Yeah. That So if when you're on stage and you're playing and something happens that distracts you and takes you out of the present moment, what do you do to get yourself like back in it? Uh, you know, there's no, I don't have a perfect solution to that, but some things I can think of are like, look at my bandmates, just like constant. Cause a lot of times what takes you out of the moment might be like something you see in the audience, you know? Um, so if I just like, 
I mean, I'm all for like connecting with the audience and everything, but sometimes you really just need to boil it down to like, it's just the four of us up here or however many people are you're on stage with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that, that kind of helps because I also like, you know, as much as I'm playing for the audience and everything and I'm putting on a show for them, I like almost a higher priority for me is, is not letting my bandmates down. Cause realistically, I don't know anybody in the audience. I mean, I know a lot of people depending on where I'm playing, maybe I have a whole row of friends in the front or something, but for the most part, like, like the guys on stage with me are my best friends. Those are the people whose opinions I really, really care about, Mm -hmm. you know? So I want to do a good job for them. So if I focus on them a little more, that that'll kind of suck me back in. Um, sometimes I just don't even try to get back in the moment and I let it run its course and that's okay. Maybe I'll give myself like, okay, if you need to be in a bad mood for the rest of this song, that's okay. But then by the time the song is over, like it's time to get back to work, you know? Um, those are kind of two things I can think of, but, um, uh, sometimes it's just, it's going to happen. Sometimes it'll happen and it'll last the entire show on a, you know, way less often than it used to. Um, and even that's like, it's okay. You got to kind of be easy on yourself, you know? And it also has to be okay because you like, I'll be fully aware that like, if, if another bandmate of mine has a night like that, and we can tell when each other, when one another's having a bad show, even if no one else can just by body language and stuff. Um, you kind of have to like be easy on them because you know, it's going to happen to you at some point too. And they're going to be okay with it. So you have to be okay with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also, sometimes if I'm having a night, that's really like, it's not a good show or something, or I don't feel good about it in the moment, like kind of my mission for myself or like if 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 it's the last thing i do if it's the last note i play all night there's gonna be one moment where i had fun you know like there's gonna be one moment that was worth it and memorable Mm -hmm. just if that's all i can pull off that's enough you know yeah oh my gosh i feel like you really have like learned how to like live life through being in a band like so many things that you say that have happened to you on stage and that you had to move through and feel through on stage like is like all the keys of living a great life (laughs) yeah I mean I kind of I mean we all probably do this but like we will use whatever we understand pretty deeply as an analogy for everything else Mm -hmm. you know so like almost everything I encounter in like my day-to-day life where I just like, I'm just walking around and have kind of no idea what's going on. I'll relate it back to guitar because I can kind of understand that or music or being on stage with something musical. Mm-hmm. Cause that's all the same stuff, you know? Uh, I feel like I subconsciously kind of do that. So you might, you might be right. I've probably learned like, you know, some valuable skills just from doing something that I can actually kind of like, um, have some sort of a grasp on, you know? Um, cause if, I don't know if it were in some other facet of my life, like exercise or something like that, or paying my taxes or, 
or uh, getting my car fixed or something, you know, like it would all just be confusion because I don't understand that stuff. So I, I feel like I have to learn lessons in a domain that's relatable to me that I feel like I understand. And then does that make sense? I feel like I'm. Yes. No, you're rambling at all. That completely makes sense. And I mean, just in this podcast alone, there were so many little like life lessons that you taught us. Like it's okay Mm -hmm. to be bad. You just got to like put stuff out there. Um, Feel all of your feelings because that's how they'll move through. And it's okay to be like sad during a song, but then you're going to feel better at the end. And I, even though this show is going terrible, I need to just have fun for like one second. There's like so many little tidbits that you shared about things that have happened to you at a show that is so like inspiring of the way to live life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing too, is like, I could go, I mean, I I mean, I've spent 15 years solving these problems, you know, so I've I've gotten a little better at them and I'll never be perfect at it, but I have a boatload of stuff with this. So like another thing is like, and I told myself this years and years ago, but I didn't actually like understand the seriousness of it until years later was like, we were talking about like having a bad show and, you know, a lot of musicians do this and it's okay to do is if you're having a bad night to just pretend you're having a great time, just, you know, like even if you're not having the best time, still be like, Mm. you know make it till you make it well i don't i don't want to phone it in if i'm not having a good time rather than pretend to have a good time i want to figure out how how to actually have a good time Mm. you know um and that was like kind of i that had a nice sheen to it you know but it was a lot harder to figure out than i thought and eventually it got to the point where we were having so little fun that the solution to figuring out how to have fun again was to not play for like a year and a half, Mm -hmm. you know, that was really the only solution. So, and at the time in the middle of it, I was like, I was like that, that ethos must've just been wrong this whole time. Like maybe I should have just pretended to have fun and I would have started having fun for real. If I just kind of faked it, you know, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. And then kind of at the end of it, when we came back and started playing again, after taking all this time off, the whole thing was enjoyable again. And I was like, no, that that's what I had to do to start having fun on stage again was stop, mm-hmm. you know, but the bigness of that concept, it was like, I literally had to give up my career for almost two years. We all did mm-hmm. just to like, to appreciate it again, you know? So yeah, I still stand by that <laughs> as hard as it, as it is to stand by it sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. that, that instead of pretending to have fun and phoning it in you could figure out how to actually have fun and do what you need to do to accomplish that yeah Yeah, sometimes you have to step away from the thing that you love to love it even more to love it again yeah (laughs) (laughs) totally yeah was there anything else that you would like to share with everybody before we head off on the rest of our day I guess I should say that we have a new album that's coming out next month. Absolutely. Yes. Please Um, tell us a little bit about your new album that's coming out next month, which would be in May, huh? I want to say May 27th it comes out, but I'm, I'm not really the most detail oriented band member. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, it's, it's our self-titled album. We've never had an album just called Dopapod before. And uh, 
and we, I mean, it's been a long time coming and we started recording it before the pandemic and then obviously it halted for a long time and it's finally done. And it's a double vinyl album, like two LPs and, you know, with where it folds open. And when it folds open, this is cool. It's actually a board game that you can play pieces and everything and die and all this stuff. That's fun. Yeah. And it all, the game has to do with like other songs from previous albums in our, in our repertoire and all kind of like to us ties the, all seven of our albums together in kind of a cool way. So we're pretty excited about it. Um, yeah. Uh, a little bit of input from everybody. Our, our, uh, I don't know exactly how the first sort of, suggestion of it came about it definitely wasn't me but one of us had realized that our former lighting designer luke stratton he just left the group like pretty recently his new job that he does he like just sits at home and does this and and is like he's just a genius so everything he does he excels at you know he makes dungeons and dragons maps and sells them so he makes these incredible maps and then sells them to people and they're like game boards that they can play dungeons and dragons on Mm -hmm. so we were like he makes game boards now like he what if we made our album like a board game you know so poor luke who's like just about to like (laughs) get out of dobapod we're like okay well before you go we're gonna give you like the biggest assignment like ever (laughs) um it's his legacy he's leaving (laughs) yeah yeah and so yeah i I think him and eli our keyboard player probably had the first idea to make it a game and um i yeah i don't know i I, i'm sure i made some suggestion or two in there i think maybe i might have had the idea to like tie in other songs from other albums so that it's almost like i'm like it'd be cool it'll make it seem like we had this plan the whole time <laughs> even though we you know, like all our other albums lead up to this one and it sort of puts a bow on the whole thing even if it's not even if we didn't have that plan from day one you know uh so yeah i think everybody had a little input it even got as specific as the other guys were doing conference calls every week about what color the game should be and the art and everything and at that point, I was like, "Too many cooks in the kitchen." Mm-hmm. I wish you, you got it from here, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, so, yeah that's, that's so exciting! Thing. I'm so, I I want to get it. <laughs> I well, will be I'll, purchasing I'll, one. I'll get it in your hands. I'll 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 hook you up. But uh, but yeah, everybody should get it and yeah. look out for it at the end of May, and they can buy it through your website. Um. Where else can they purchase yeah. it? Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got a bunch of shows coming up too, don't you? We got a lot. Yeah. Uh, um, we're about to go to New York City to play a fish after party. Uh, then we're going to do some shows in like kind of the mid-Atlantic, like in Virginia and Maryland, maybe. And then this summer, we're doing a tour with George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. Yes. And it's a bu- it's a bunch of us. It's like us, obviously George Clinton, uh, the Motet, the Motet, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Carl Denson, Fishbone, 
oh gosh, I'm going to forget somebody and I'm going to feel so bad about it. But um, we're really excited for that. That's, that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. to see you guys in Napa for those shows. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that too. I've never been there. You know, I haven't all been to that venue either. I have never been to any of these venues because we're, we don't, you know, we play like smaller places and all of a sudden we'll be within playing these gorgeous wineries and stuff. We're pretty excited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So check that out. What is the name of that? Uh, do you remember what the official name of that? Of like that tour? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I could look it up if yeah. you want. My video. <laughs> we don't even need that. Something really. about funk. Something about funk. <laughs> like the dopadelic. Uh, it says one nation under a groove tour. There you go. One nation under a groove tour. Yeah. So there's also uh, some people I forgot here. Pimps of joy time. Uh, and the floozies are also going to be there. Um, the motet is going to be featuring a bunch of my friends uh, from turquoise Shira and Josh and Chris are going to be playing with them. Uh, so yeah, a lot of friends. It's going to be fun. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for coming and spending some time with us here today. We really appreciate it. Cool. Thank you for having me. Nice to talk to both of you. I know. It's so lovely to spend this time with you and everybody. We will be right back. And we are back. Well, that was such an interesting interview. I I love all of the parallels between being a musician and all of the life lessons learned and just all of the ways that it sounds like Rob is just really continuing to evolve as a musician and a human in general. Yeah, I love that too, because we were both just talking, me and you, about it and how like we experienced that and we've learned so many life lessons from being a fan of music. Mm-hmm. And it was like affirming and cool to hear how as somebody who's making the music, he's experiencing those same things in a different in a different way. Mm-hmm. Creator instead of the person who's consuming it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, and I've thought about this before, and Rob kind of talks about, you know, the difference of playing in a band that's improving and a band that like plays the same set every night and it's all like structured and rehearsed and, you know, um, but I feel like that pe- that improv piece as a fan or now I know as a musician and, you know, of course that makes sense, but it just allows for like a new levels of opportunities to learn to roll with whatever pops up in life because we never know what's coming you know we can do all of the preparation and planning and and try to control everything as much as we want but it's never possible there's going to be stuff that's going to come up and how do we roll with that in a graceful and present way Yeah. And that's why so many of us, like me, you, and many of the listeners of you out there, like why we turn to improvisational music Mm -hmm. above all the other kinds of music in the world. That's the one that we keep on spending all of our time and money and resources to be able to experience as much as possible. And that totally makes sense. 
And as a scene, I feel like the live music scene are also like really into like self-improvement and, and being the best versions of themselves. So that also makes sense that that type of person would be into improvisational music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether that's conscious or not, because I bet that there yeah. are definitely some people out there that might not even be aware of that. Yeah. I was definitely not aware of that when I first got into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, this feels good. These are my people. I really enjoy this experience and I never know what's going to happen. Right. So that's, you know, that's one of the things that can keep a person coming back and back and back. It's like, what's going to happen tonight? What kind of crazy shit is going to go down now? (laughs) Well, and I mean, I think that's the point of this podcast is to like put this kind of stuff into words. So the stuff that you were experiencing subconsciously, now you're like aware of it. So you can use it in an even bigger and better way. Yeah. Yeah. And that was cool too, how Rob, after we've stop the recording of the interview is like, yeah, you know, I've never really, it was cool to be able to put some of these concepts into words because that isn't things that he's really thought about before. Yeah. Yeah. Which is often what we hear from interviewees that, you know, they just are able to look at things in a different way. And I love that opportunity because this is a different podcast than, than many musicians are used to being on. You know, we we come and we oftentimes don't really have an idea of exactly what, how it's going to go. And, and then it, we just trust that the process is going to take us where we need to be. And I mean, there's improv right there too. Yeah. Yeah, I think if we like, if we had this like whole outline and everything was planned, this would not be as like amazing as it is and just like a show i mean you might have a set list but like what happens in between there is like you don't know and that's where the magic lies Mm -hmm. yeah and there has to be some kind of like former structure that you can relax into you know and i think and we have that in the podcast but also in our own selves you know it's like we prepare in our own own ways and so do the musicians and then yeah but it's always interesting what ends up coming out because I could have never predicted what it was going to be in the beginning <laughs> yeah I know I love the direction that it went so much yeah yeah well I would love to highlight one of the things that Rob said for the did you know so Rob was talking about emotions and how he kind of, gosh, what was the part where he was talking about emotions? Was it when he was up on stage or when he was like in his own life? It was when he was on stage and he was like, I feel sad. And he's like, I'm just going to feel sad for this song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think of the act of labeling emotions because so often, and a lot of the times well, first of all, we're never, most of us are not taught um, how to have a relationship with our emotions or how to cope with emotions or how to be in relation, yeah, relationship with emotions. And they just all of a sudden feel very overwhelming. And that's why so many people numb and use substances and all of the things that can, you know, not like take our minds off of the emotions that we're feeling or stuff them down. Um, 
But when we often feel overwhelmed, there can be multiple emotions that are in there. You know, maybe it's sadness, frustration, anger, disappointment, like all of these things happening at once. And it can just feel like this, you know, depending on the intensity of them can feel like this like storm inside of ourselves. And that can feel really overwhelming. And one of the practices that can be really helpful to just like begin to tease out the emotions that you're feeling is to just label them. So to just take a moment to take a couple of deep breaths, which will help you to get out of your head and into your body. And I know that that might not feel comfortable when there's all of these emotions swimming around, but just do it for as long as feels okay. And then to just notice, okay, what is one emotion that I'm feeling right now? Anger or sadness or despair or whatever it might be. And all of us have different kind of like emotional vocabularies or ability to name emotions. Like some people may just know like the the major ones like anger, sadness, you know, whatever it might be. So what can be helpful sometimes is to like get, look at one of the visuals or even pull up your emojis on your phone and be like, what, what emoji am I feeling like right now? Um, but as, as you begin to label it, it helps to kind of diffuse the emotion so that it's not something that's so confusing or so overwhelming or so overpowering. It's just like this thing that we all as humans experience because that's part, it's one of the major parts of being human is that we are like this walking body that has all of these emotions that are available to us at any given time. And so it helps to label it, to kind of pull it outside of us instead of feeling like it is us. It's not us. It's just this emotion that everybody can feel. And that act can help it to feel less overwhelming and can help a person to be able to cope with it even better and to recognize it and then to begin to work with it in some way. Beautiful. I love that. And I'm going to help everyone dive deeper into an activity of where you can do that for the daily jam. So I have a little practice that I do for when my feelings and emotions come up is that I give them a name and humanize them. So I can then be in relationship with them and kind of get an idea of what they want and what they need. So if I'm like angry, you know, there's a reason why you're angry. And like, if you just push that down and stuff that down, like it's just going to fester and get bigger and bigger. So instead I'm like, Hey, Abigail, anger, Abigail, like let's, what's going on? How can we relate together and work together to help like move this on? What do you need? What do you need to tell me? Is there any action steps that I need to do? And so I do that whenever I'm feeling an emotion, I name them and kind of just have a conversation with them to see how. I can listen to them, be present with what is, and then if there is a way to help move it through. And that works pretty much every time. And so I challenge you that when the next time you feel a, an emotion, whether it's big or small, just be like, okay, I am feeling this. You can do Leah's activity to feel what that feeling is and then name it and then become friends with it. Yeah. Or at least get to know it a little bit better. <laughs> you don't have to become friends with it if it doesn't feel right. <laughs> Definitely don't be with it for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, you, yeah, you never know what what might happen after you get to know it a little bit better. Yeah, because like anger, Abigail could come in and be the best thing that happened to you because it had when you were able to like see what that was about. Maybe it changed your life in this amazing way because you were actually listening mm-hmm. instead of pretending that it didn't exist. Yep. Yeah, and emotions are just here to tell us something. You know, whether it's that we're sad about something that happened or if we're angry that somebody's wronged us or somebody that we love, like what what are those emotions here to tell you in that way you can learn that and then move on from them. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe they won't feel so scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they won't fight. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yay. Well, we'd love to hear how that goes for you. And if you choose to use that process, or maybe you have your own process of your own, like Tara Lee does with working with her emotions and labeling them. Um, You can always share at our Facebook group, Groove Therapy Podcast Community, and we will put a little post up so that you can have somewhere to go to, to share your experience with working with emotions. Or if you use uh, Tara Lee's Daily Jam, then please let us know how it goes. Yeah, we love hearing from you. We do. And I think the more and more we can like become friends with our emotions or at least learn how to be in relationship with them and roll with them and surf that wave with them, then the better we're going to be able to relate to each other in life and to ourselves in life. And so it's just... It's all in service of our highest health and well-being and really connection with other people because that's what can really kind of trip us up is when we're we're all in our emotions and then we're responding to others from that place. Yeah, we can't see outside of it because they're so consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And then go see some live music. (laughs) (laughs) yes so that you can get the full range of emotional expression because that is definitely one thing that live music is really great at is you know depends on the band but a lot of bands we've talked to that's like kind of their driving force is to like help people connect with different emotional qualities yep yeah All right. Well, Tara Lee, why don't you let fans know how they can, or listeners, listeners, fans, (laughs) know how they can get more of you in their life. So if you're feeling stuck in your life and you don't know what the next step is that you need to take, but you know that you want to do it, I would love to support you in figuring out what that next step is and then holding your hand while you take that step. So if that is something that you are really into, Head on over to my Instagram at rocking life with two underscores and DM me the word groove therapy. And I will know that that is what you are looking for. And I will hook you up with a free session and we can talk all about what that looks like. So you can take that first step and I will help. Nice. Everybody check Tara Leah out on Instagram and send her a message if you are so called. Thanks. And Leah, what about you? Yeah. Well, I think. I've been talking a lot about Embodied Groove, which is still really up and present in my life. And right now, really my main focus uh, besides this podcast and and my day job. But um, 
Yeah, why don't you head over to embodiedgroove.com and check out all of the places that you can experience Embodied Groove live uh, this spring, this fall. I can't (laughs) announce all of the places that you can come be with me because they are not announced yet, but I can tell you that there will be lots of opportunities for you coming up. So the big one that's... (laughs) <laughs> the big one that's on a regular basis is at Cornerstones um, once a month on Sunday, the second to the last Sunday with Left Hand Monkey Wrench Gang. And then there's going to be a couple of festivals. Camp Deep End is one of the ones that is confirmed right now, although it is sold out. So if that's something you're interested in, then send me a message and we'll try to figure out how to get you there. But um, there will also be some other festival opportunities, too. So if you live in the Northern California area and you would like to come experience Embodied Groove Live, which is my interactive movement experience to help you get more present and in your body and experiencing all of those emotions in a grounded and present way while you listen and move and express yourself to live music, then come and join the fun and you can find out all about it at embodiedgroove.com. Wonderful. Everyone stop, drop, and check out embodiedgroup.com. Yeah. Love to dance with you. Yes. And we are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network. And we are so grateful to get to be a part of this incredible, beautiful, amazing, supportive community of podcasts. So check them all out if you like us. I'm sure you will like lots of other ones too. Yep. Check that out at osirispod.com. And also follow us on Instagram at Groove Therapy Podcast. And wherever you are listening to this podcast, if you are not following along, please stop right now and hit that follow button. And if you're on Apple Pod and you want to leave us a little star or a review, we would really, really appreciate it. So if you could just take a moment right now to just say, love it or Whatever words come to your mind, then please do so. My life has never been the same. (laughs) Yes. And thank you so much for your support and being part of our community. We appreciate you so much. We're so grateful and we hope that you have the most amazing rest of your day. Yes. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.